0: Good morning. Today is Tuesday, and I'm so delighted to be with you. We're we're treating uh, Daniel chapter three. Now, Daniel chapter three has to do with King Nebuchadnezzar building a large statue, like uh, the Great Egypt Sphinx, in the. uh, 240 feet long and 66 feet high uh, uh, the lion body and the human head you're familiar with that now Nebuchadnezzar really is doing something in order to enhance himself in the eyes of others and so the king's statue or image was made of gold and that something had him to do with with what happened uh, 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 previously in his vision that he had of of the Medo-Persian Empire. His head was gold. And so, he built actually a large statue, 90 feet statue, nine-story building. Uh, and so, he did it in the plains of Dura, in the province of Babylon. What is in the head of a king? Why would he do things like that? What is the reason for something like that but you're going to notice in this story that there's, there's a lot that goes on behind, behind the, the, the facts and so 16 miles south of Babylon there's a place called Tulu Dura and uh, from Babylon 16 miles you could see that small statue in the horizon and of course he invited for the dedication the governors advisors, treasurers, judges because the, the the Babylonian Empire engulfed a large area of the world. And and so in this area there were conquered kingdoms by Nebuchadnezzar, like they conquered Jerusalem, Judah. And and so they brought the governors of these areas. So so this statement from from Nebuchadnezzar and what he's going to do is to first of all dedicate his statute and uh the large statue. He assembled all the officials for the dedication. Government officials came from everywhere to bowing down before the Colossus. A scholar proposes that the image was in the likeness of Nebuchadnezzar himself. And I think perhaps I I would agree with that. And so Nebuchadnezzar officials stood before the image awaiting orders. What are we going to do? And here's the decree. Yesterday I told you about this. The decree by the herald loudly proclaims, This is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. In other words, when the music played, you're supposed to bow down and worship the statue. Now in the midst of all of these people were Jews. Especially Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who were 14-year-old boys who would grow up in church. And they would not, in shape or form, would do something like that. And so, uh, uh, when the music began to sound, the officials began to falling down and worshipping the image. And the reason why they worship is because in order to build the statue close by, there's a kiln. It's a place to where the furnace actually melts these metals to build the statue. And so, Nebuchadnezzar used the the the, the fiery furnace of those kilns to simply tell them you don't do it I'm going to throw you in that furnace those of you who are here if you don't worship this statue I will throw you into the furnace of course you know Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were uh, taught that you worship and you idol no idol but you bow before God only the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and so Nebuchadnezzar uh, proposed the punishment, and the temperature is 1,000 degrees centigrade, about 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, it, it's ready to cook. And the story goes that uh, as the sound of the horn and the flute and the lyre and the harp began to play the, all kinds of music, they began to bow down. But there were three exceptions. Three men stood there without bowing. There were three young men, 14 years old. And so the accusers, astrologers, perhaps those who lost their jobs when, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego took over, they began to say to the king, Sir, there are three people here who are really not obeying your command. These astrologers expressed great hostility toward the Jews. Meaning, they're just doing something wrong. And so, Nebuchadnezzar tried to compromise. He tried to speak to them again and give them another chance. Try to work this out, you know. This is, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Why don't we get together here and, and I'll do it again. Can you bow down, please? And this is where we are uh, uh, on chapter, on chapter, uh, chapter 3. When, when Shadrach and Abishak and Abednego denied, refused to do that, King was furious with rage. These two words form a, 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 a sense of extreme anger. Beside himself with rage, the Babylonian despot immediately had three Jews brought before him. And uh, on, on chapter 3, verse 14, it says this, When Nebuchadnezzar said to them, It is true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods to worship the image of gold that I have set up. Now, in other words, almost pleading, because he liked them. Almost in disbelief, Shadrach, Nebuchadnezzar asked Shadrach and Abednego uh, if to report, the report was true. Had these three foreigners actually refused to, to worship the gods of Babylon, the gods of Nebuchadnezzar himself worshiped? and disobeyed the king's command to bow before this great image. Now, he offered them, now when you hear the sound of the horn, I'm going to call the musicians and ask them to play it again. Maybe we can just try it again, because maybe you didn't understand. (laughs) You know, there's so many people visiting here, and of course I I like for you to sort of, uh, uh, but if you do not worship, uh, you'll be thrown immediately in the blazing furnace, then what God will be able to rescue from my hand. Now, when he said that, when he said, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? A lot of people today are under uh, tremendous accusation, tremendous difficulty about life. You know, when you have an IRS bill you can't pay. When you are uh, uh, in a hospital and the doctor comes to talk to you after examining your parents... And there is a horrible illness to be dealt with, especially when a preacher like me faces a large crowd and i don't have a scripture <laughs> you know it's a it's a It's a sad thing i don't know what to do i i, 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 I <clears throat> what do i do what God will be able to rescue from my hand now that's the idea in the mind of Nebuchadnezzar what kind of God can deal with me because I am Nebuchadnezzar for some reason Nebuchadnezzar was willing to grant these young men an opportunity to change their minds possibly he had grown fond of them I know that and perhaps he felt like it would be better would be a pity to lose three capable young men especially since they had made a large investment in time and money in them and so Nebuchadnezzar was a very good administrator and he wasn't about to kill these young men. The king offered to have the orchestra play just for them. Imagine a hundred instruments. We play just for you. The king offered to have the orchestra play. If Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would bow down the image, it would be well. But if not, they would be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Oh my goodness, getting, whew, it's getting hot here. Oh my goodness, that furnace is burning. It's bothering me. So Nebuchadnezzar added, Then what God will be able to rescue from my hand? He said it the second time. The question seems to reflect the king's previous statement with Israel's God. Yahweh had proven himself powerful by revealing the dream that he had. Remember? The dream was a very, very powerful dream. He saw a statue, uh, and uh, the head of gold, the torso and the arms of silver, the legs of iron, and uh, and uh, uh, bronze, and uh, and the feet of iron in clay. And I don't know where a big rock was cut out of the earth without human hands, and he came and destroyed the feet of the statue. And he fell down in a thousand pieces. And Daniel gave the interpretation. He said, uh, uh, you are the mighty king Nebuchadnezzar, but after you there will be another kingdom that will be weaker than yours. And after you there is another all the way down to Alexander the Great. And of course, when the rock comes and destroys the feet, that's the kingdom of God and Jesus coming to establish His kingdom in the earth. And that's your dream, Nebuchadnezzar. You are the beginning of a cessation of kingdoms that all will fall down. And God will establish His kingdom in Jerusalem through the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I mean, that was, a, that was something very, very large. So, Nebuchadnezzar was, was in, in conflict with the God that used the boys to give him the, the meaning of the dream. Only a short distance away, the fire blazed. The fire in the kiln, it's in the form of a large bottle. Think about a large bottle. The the bottom is large and it goes up to the top. And the smoke comes out from the top of the bottle. But on the side, there's a place for entrance and a ramp to where uh, those who are going to be burned to death Will, will be pushed in by poles as, as they get close to the fire and, and pushed inside of the fire uh, to, to be killed. And so, uh, uh, only a short distance, this is burning. The fire's hot. You're talking about 2,000 Fahrenheit. You know, when it gets to about 75 over here, 80 degrees weather, we turn the air conditioning. 100, we don't get out of the house. But 2,000 Fahrenheit, that's a lot of heat. That will cook an egg very quickly. And so, this is what's happening here. Uh, if the young men did not change their minds and bow to the image, no power, no God could deliver them. That's the understanding of the king. And so Nebuchadnezzar had to answer the king. You know, they've been told what to do. Now the time's come for them to say something. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, "O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, then the God we serve is able to save us from it, and He will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if He does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. That's a little bit too much for three boys, 14 year old, talking to a man 75 years old. You know, what a goal. That's just, just like, you know, they know what to do. And they have a faith that is so strong that will not compromise. Well, today we live in a time when everybody compromises. I do anything I can to keep peace. I believe whatever you say. It doesn't matter to me. Whatever. And so, (laughs) the young men responded that they did not need to present a defense. The king concerning this decision. No apology was to be given for their stand. Now that really got to me. Regarding the king's death threat in the furnace, they simply replied that their God was able to deliver them. Now I don't know what kind of faith you have. I don't know what you believe. But when you come to the place to where you have to deal with this the way these young men are saying, you've got to have some strong faith because, you see, life presents situations we don't know how to handle it. We don't know how to stand, we don't know how to answer. And we ourselves are caught up in it. saying, what am I going to do? Oh my God! But even if he does not, God was able to deliver them. But it might not be his will to do so. And so that's faith. When you don't know what to do, but you, you do something, that's faith. In other words, when you are driving a car and you want speed to, to, to carry a little, a little faster, you press the acceler- accelerator. In life, you're going to have to press that, say, later a lot of times because you need to move. Movement in, in, in spiritual life is a faith. And it's a wonderful thing when you move and you find out that it's good. And so, Shadrach and Shekhar a bit ago had previously witnessed Yahweh's power over false gods of Babylon in the matter of the king's dream. And so, listen, uh, it's time and times of trial. You and I, the attitude should be of this young man uh, and their attitude. In times of trial, you must yourself say to yourself, I will not compromise. We're going to stand put and see the salvation of the Lord. Some of the most courageous words were spoken and recorded uh, uh, in, in verse 18. It says, Do not be afraid. That's Matthew 10:28. It says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of those who can destroy the, both the body and so in hell. And so, don't compromise. Stand firmest to what you believe. And that will pay off in the years to come. You know, I have a, a beautiful little mother came to me. She was about uh, 23 or so with a beautiful baby uh, in her arm, uh, a beautiful baby in her tummy. And, uh, and uh, she said to me, I, I need to do something that I'm considering is to have an abortion. Because I can't take care of this baby. I don't have the money. I don't have the house. I don't have the job. And I'm in deep trouble. I don't know what to do. And so I prayed with her. And I told her a story about uh, a mother who, uh, who had the same d- dilemma. This mother pondered in doing an abortion. And finally, in the last minute, she walked out and had the baby at home. The neighbors came to help her and began to supply her their needs. The next thing that happens, the baby grew up. And today, that baby that she almost aborted, it's a brain doctor. One of the most gifted brain doctors in America. See, sometimes you have to be afraid of the devil destroying your soul and your body in hell than what you have to go through. And so, this explains the confidence exhibited by Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they declare, But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image you go you set up. <coughs> even if they had to suffer a horrible death, painful death. You know, I I was burning, I was ironing my pants this morning. (laughs) That's what I have to do. And uh, I almost burned my finger. You know, I just, oh man, I put my finger in my mouth and suck a little bit, make sure that I cool off. That hurt. I imagine a burning furnace at 2,000, degrees Fahrenheit feels like when you jump into it. Nebuchadnezzar was furious when he heard this reply. His attitude toward them changed. The Bible says he ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. So if it was 2,000 (coughs) 2,000 Fahrenheit times 7 That's 14,000 Fahrenheit. I mean, even the people that would take anyone to the mouth of the furnace would be burned to death. Now the rage of this king was meaningful. He was simply saying, I will not permit that no one will defy my commandment. You see, a king has to act like a king. These men... Uh, were wearing their robes, turbans, you know, clothing. They were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire uh, killed the soldiers who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego there. The Bible says, And these three men firmly tied fell into the blazing furnace you know when you have a conviction about your life that you want to stand for it you fight for it you cannot just simply just ignore and, 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 and sit on the fence for about 5-6 years waiting for things to happen I believe that that which pleases God will will win any battle that you might be in. If you do what pleases God, God will make you a winner in everything that you put your hands on. The bold words of unrepentant attitude of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego caused Nebuchadnezzar to become furious. He was filled with rage toward them. When I, when I read the NIV, attitude changed. He got mean. I don't like you guys anymore. The image of his face was changed. You know, I, I can see that in people. I've seen people that has a beautiful face. A beautiful smile. And you looked at it and you say, My goodness, you are! you have a glorious smile. Suddenly, some anger and bitterness comes in. They turned into somebody else. His countenance became harsh, flushed with anger, and the king ordered that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than normal. Now let's take a look at the end of this story because Nebuchadnezzar commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up the three Jews and throw in the fire. I don't know why Nebuchadnezzar chose a strong man to to put to sacrifice three 14-year-olds. It's kind of interesting. do doesn't make any sense. They were tied up with their clothing, thrown in the flames, although robes and trousers and turbans, it's a good translation, but some uncertainty exists concerning the exact nature of those first two Adam, Their clothing would have rapidly caught on fire, engulfed in, in the flame, in a horrifiable, horrifiable, horrifying spectacle. So I, I believe that, that uh, the clothing and the mention of the clothing, there's a reason for it, we don't know yet, but we're going to find out. The command of the king was urgent, get them, burn them. Signified by the when you're dealing with people, that are fueled by anger, by rage. Their attitudes are just uncontrollable and totally animalistic. I mean, there's no life in it. There's no substance in it. It's anger and bitterness, acridity, acidity. Go, It's poison. The soldiers were forced to carry them out the commandment. And they didn't have no time to protect themselves. They threw the victim in the furnace in this extreme heat, just killed him instantly right there, and they died. What a sad spectacle. One of the three, three of the mighty soldiers from the army of Nebuchadnezzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell in down to the middle of the furnace. The language here tells us that they were thrown in through the opening at the top. You see the bottle. A bottle is something like this to the top and then that's where the cork goes in and then it enlarges itself down, right? There's an opening at the bottle to see what's happening in there. But what they're saying is that they were thrown on the through the top. Uh, the furnace of this kind would have to had an opening on the top and on the side. The furnace may have been built on the side of a small hill and man-made mount of earth. Uh, enabling the soldiers to walk to the top and throw the three Hebrew boys into it. Later, Nebuchadnezzar would be able to look into the opening of the side and see the three in the fire dead. So I don't know the logistics of here. All I know is that the king was a part of this. He saw, He was close to them as they passed by. He followed them until he could, so he could see the opening of this large structure. had to be large because to build a statue that large, you have to, to, to melt metal. And it's not just a little kiln. I'm talking about maybe 30, 40 feet kiln that, uh, that uh, was used. Now, chapter 3, verse 24, begins to deal with the deliverance. What really happened inside of that furnace? The king Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked the advisers, Weren't there three men we were tied up and, and thrown and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, King, we're two, three men. He said, Look, 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 I see four walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the Son of God. What's going on? Come on, somebody help me. Now, I don't know how he expressed himself, but, Oh, there's four! Look at that, there's four! Of them. In other words, joy came into him, because in his heart, he really loved those boys. Who wouldn't love sophisticated, intelligent bright, sharp, good-looking boys. It's hard not to love them and care for them since they were so wise and intelligent and so, so innocent. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted. It's like he wants them to make it. <laughs> he wants them to overcome it. You see, there's a little joy, a little expectation in the heart of this king And I believe God is just saving him at this very moment. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out! Come here! Come out! You know, uh, a king in his attire, supposed to be sitting on the throne at the bottom of the statue. He walked up quite a distance to this. So he came along with the soldiers, following the soldiers, taking the three boys to the furnace. So he's behind them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the royal advisors crowded around them. So this became a large meeting. Came out of the fire and outside all of the officials, they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair in their heads singed, their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. <laughs> In other words, imagine these, these guys from different type of lands, you know, seven, 800 of them, passing by and smelling the three boys. Oh, there's' smell. They don't smell. Hmm, they, they're not burned. They're not, they're not burned. Now listen, John, they're not burned., look, look, uh, look, look at this. They, they look like nothing happened. I, I, who did this?? And you can see <laughs> you can see the argument and the questions. In the sayings, in the amazement in their eyes, because God had done so. Listen, when you don't believe in God, when you don't have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will never experience amazement like this. But when you believe that He's the Son of God, that He died on the cross for us, you begin to rejoice because you see marvelous things that He does. Nebuchadnezzar was prepared to watch. Shadrach Meshach disintegrated in the flames, but he was not prepared for what he saw. Verse 24 says, The king was startled and jumped to his feet in amazement. Like, oh, 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 wow, come on, get (laughs) up! Well, I'm trying to play the part here because that's what the scripture says. It says, the king jumped to his feet in amazement. Now, he had his advisors. He asked his advisors, they had thrown only three men into the fire, desired to check the facts. They assumed the monarchs that his recollection was accurate. The king explained, Look, exhorting the others to see for themselves that there were not four men unbound and walking about unharmed in the fire. Shadak and Shekhabinago had been thrown into the fire bound, but now they were free. The ropes evidently burned away without leaving a touch. They were alive, walking around in the fire, probably if they were enjoying it. What impressed this king, most of all, is that the three Jews were joined by a fourth man. And he said, it looks like the Son of God. The majority of these students of this story, the Jewish people, scholars, they say there was an angel. In the Talmud, which is a, a book of the, of the rituals of the Jewish nation of worship, says that it was the Archangel Gabriel. I don't know who you think it was, but it couldn't be the devil, it had to be God. And if it is God, it had to be Jesus. If not, Jesus had to be an angel. Whatever it was, you see, it was something that this king finally came to understand, that when you deal with these boys... You're dealing with um, anointed young men. Well, it's about time for us to go. We've got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the fire. And they're probably having a lemonade right now. Drinking a little Coke Zero and talking to the king. Amen. I hope that this will strengthen you because if you're in the furnace, God can take you out. The fourth men can show up. Amen. Thank you.